Hey, B. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question? Always. What's the one thing when we travel that we always make sure we find? Oh, coffee. You know, bad coffee makes my brain angry. And we've been a lot of places. We've had a lot of coffee. But when we're home, there's only one place that we get coffee from. Yeah. Hacienda Real in Costa Rica. We found this place when we were in Costa Rica a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's a micro roastery using only Costa Rican beans. Their blend is a mix of Arabica and Peaberry. And if you don't know about Peaberry, you need to find out about it because mm. it is amazing. It takes all the bitterness out. All the bitterness out. And we place orders and it's shipped directly to our door. You can get light, medium, or dark roast. You can get ground. You can get whole bean. And it is roasted to order. So there is a date stamped on your coffee so you know when it was roasted and bagged. It's good for a year after you order it. And it is the best coffee that we have ever had. So click the link in our show notes or go to goldenbean.net and use the offer code COFCHR20 for 10% off your order. Hacienda Real. Keep your brain happy. Hey, Dante. Hey, B. Looking pretty smart in your undies. Thanks. I've been doing my deads. <laughs> oh, I can see that. But it's not just what's in them. It's what's on them. But yeah, I got on my smart ass undies. They're not just super comfy. They've got cheeky motivations on them that keep me in the right state of mind. Oh yeah, like we could all use a little brain lift these days, am I right? They're also lovingly made from sustainable, low impact materials. So we can love the planet and cover our asses all at the same time. Motivate your ass with smart ass undies. Click the link in the show notes or on the things we love page on our website. And remember to enter the discount code CHEATINGONFEAR10 for 10% off your order. Smartass undies. Cheeky and comfy. Hey everyone, this is Dante. And I'm Beatrice. And this is Cheating on Fear. Welcome back everybody. Well, so it has been a minute. <laughs> it's been a busy month. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? We started this over COVID, right? Like in in the summer, spring of 2020. We did, yeah. And and life is just getting busier and busier and busier and busier. So we apologize for leaving you alone Mm -hmm. for so long. But for good reason. I mean, you had a birthday, which we had to go and celebrate. Yeah. And then we also had COVID. And then then I definitely had COVID. We think you had COVID. I suspect I had COVID because, you know, we are in pretty close contact. I kept testing negative, but... Stay positive, test negative. I was pretty positive that I had COVID, but yeah. anyways, yeah. And then, you know... And then life. And then life and stuff like that. But we are we are back. For now. For now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take that out. You just leave that in there. We are back. And today, I wanted to talk a little bit about something that has been consuming far, far, far too much <laughs> of our time. Yes. And longtime listeners of the show will know that we are fans of certain types of reality TV. We are completely addicted to trash TV. To trash TV. Like yeah. We like our highbrow TV, but sometimes we need to just like dumb it down a little bit. It's it's pretty much two ends of the spectrum. Like it's trash TV or it's doc series. Yeah, high-end documentaries. Yeah. But I'm not going to feel bad about our addiction to trash Mm-mm. TV because I think of it a little bit like... There's different levels to consuming this type of media. And I, I use the Borat example. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And you have the surface level watchers that are like, oh, it's fucking hilarious. He's like, took a shit in a bag. And And then there's the other level where it's like, Sasha Baron Cohen is a genius who... Legit. Low-key satires all of American culture in this neat little movie and then sells it back to them like it's just a screwball comedy. And then leveled it up with the brilliant Showtime series, What is America? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Holy oh fuck, my God. man. I think it's Who is America? Is it Who is America? I, I will, whatever it is, I'll put the I don't notes know. in. Oh my God, yeah. it's. I don't remember what platform it was on. It but was on Showtime. We were like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'll put, I'll put a link in the show notes oh too. Oh my but God. But like the whole Kindergartians thing. Oh my God, is, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it is it's crazy. Anyway, so, but we're not going to talk about that. No. I just, I just want to give that as an example. Yes. And so... I have a minor in psychology. You are a doctor of anthropology. Yes. So we are interested in people. I don't like people, but I but they interest me. Yes, of course. Particularly in psychology, for me, it's motivation. Right. And I'm not talking about like motivation in the gym. It's like, what drives people? Why do they act the way they do? The way they do, yeah. And these shows are <laughs> giant social experiments mm-hmm. that have... I'm going to do another comparison. They're like game makers in the Hunger Games. In the Hunger Games, yeah. Right? It's like, this is going too well. Let's toss in a hand grenade and see what happens. Yep. They're so good at being so awful to -hmm. these people. And we wanted to talk a little bit about the mechanics and the psychology of these relationship shows, Mm -hmm. particularly... What's the one we're like drowning in right now? Yeah, yeah. Well, it started first with F Boy Island. Actually, it started with 90 Day. That's what well, we started Well, 90 Day, for with, sure, but... for sure. But I mean, like recently, what, oh, what, recently. what kind of was the impetus <laughs> for this Yeah, was F Boy Island yes. with the incredibly funny Nikki Glaser as a host. She's fantastic. She's great. Yeah. And the concept behind that is basically you have a bunch of self-professed F Boys and self-professed nice guys. There's 12 of each. Yes. And then there's three, three women. women. And, yeah. and they have to basically find true love. And if it's with an F boy, the F boy wins a bunch of money. And if it's with a nice guy, I guess the the girl, they share the money, something like that. And chaos and hilarity ensues. And then (laughs) on the same platform that we watch, that we watch F boy Island in in Canada, it's Crave. Crave is kind of like a mix of like HBO, Showtime, Peacock, a bunch of, a bunch of those American streaming networks. Mm -hmm. And we kept seeing, they were pushing hard on this Love Island show. Yeah. And I just kept seeing the episode count for the season rise. And I was like, I can do an eight episode, 10 episode season. It got to 31 episodes this season. Because it's basically, it's basically like Big Brother. It's on six nights a week. Yeah. For six weeks. Yeah. No, for for five weeks. For five weeks. It's it's insane. It's Mm -hmm. on all the time. And and they're hitting it like with all the new media. They've got TikTok channels and behind the scenes. A podcast. Podcasts and all this kind of stuff. And they have audience interaction. Yes. They they get an app and they can vote. They can buy merchandise. Just like like Big Brother has that sort of stuff. Oh, really? I was never, I never paid attention to Big Brother. Me neither because it didn't really interest me to to basically be a fly on the wall when people are basically locked up in a big house. Right. But this is like Big Brother where romance is encouraged. Right. Okay. Whereas Big Brother is kind of like You're survivor. Just, okay. In a house. In a house. So you make alliances, you try but okay. but and then there is romance that happens, but it's it's not the focus of it. This the focus is is to like fall find, in love. Fall in love. Find, find the one. Find the one. Yeah. And that's kind of the lead in to this. Mm-hmm. 
Was there something you wanted to start with? Well, I wanted to, uh, what I found so interesting and why we wanted to do this episode, I think it was to contrast these relationships mm. and then with what we know, what you and I know about new relationships, about sparking desire, about bonding, about relationships that survive on the outside, as they call it. They make yeah. it sound like they're in prison. They do make it sound like because they're in prison. Because it's like, well, I don't know if this is going to work on the outside. And so I wanted to just start by talking about some of the ways that they accelerate these relationships yes. and heighten the NRE, which is, what is NRE? New relationship energy. And what is that? And people that are in non-monogamous relationships will talk about this a lot. It's that, it's that Well, excite- even in monogamous relationships, the new one, like it, when it's it, new. It, basically, it's, it's, if you remember when you get into a relationship, there is that, that feeling of excitement and energy and possibility and all that kind of stuff that is part of your brain's chemicals to, to form attachments with, with that person. And of course, that wanes over time to create as as a more stable bond develops and this is one of those reasons if you read in the literature people will fucking throw away their i'm looking at you tiger woods throw away their careers their marriages their lives for a new relationship Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. people in non-monogamous relationships understand that this is part of that mm-hmm. and that can be part of the appeal to to have that ability to have both those types of relationships right. have new relationships and the excitement and all of that but also maintain a stable relationship and kind of get the best of both worlds with the understanding that that nre fades yes and it and every relationship that you're in will settle into that more stable mm-hmm. bonded comfortable relationship yeah. and so you don't have to toss your other relationship away it doesn't mean that this new relationship is better for you it Mm. just means that your brain chemistry is telling you like ooh, let's let's bond to this person so i thought i would just go through some of the things that i observed yeah that heightens that nre and bonds people very quickly so it's heightened by the vacation style environment Mm -hmm. the villa they're on in a on a beautiful property somewhere in california or mexico there's pools, there's, you know, places to sit, there's all their food is provided for them, their alcohol is provided for them. It's almost like a sorority house, frat house inside, and then vacation resort outside. But they are cut off from the outside world. Yes, yeah, no, they don't. They have cell phones to take pictures, and obviously as part of the, like, social media advertising of this, they can, I'm sure they can post to TikTok and do stuff like that, but it's mm-hmm. tightly controlled. I think the producers control the TikToks that they upload, but it's more for the producers to communicate with the island. Yeah, because... Whether or not it's edited to look like this or not, it looks like there is very little contact with the I- between the Islanders and anybody else for the duration of there's, this. There's it looks none. like there's like this crew of house elves that come in in the middle of the night and clean everything <laughs> up, restock the fridge, <laughs> yeah. you know, like do all yeah. that kind of stuff. Film them when they're sleeping. Film them when, yeah, yeah, because there's hidden creepy. camera. Well, they're not not hidden and not so hidden cameras, but there are cameras literally everywhere, everywhere. on the property. Yeah. So the vacation environment, and you hear that a lot, right? Especially on 90 Day where it's like the first months or years or a couple of years of their relationship is very much that vacation style living where one is coming to visit the other one. And it's like, let's pack all the fun that we can into this visit because we don't know when we're going to see each other again. And so that heightens 
when you're doing adventurous things all the time or novel things or yeah. fun things and you're not living, you know, kind of boring, yeah. mundane, everyday life. Yeah, the day-to-day responsibilities of life aren't weighing in on it. It's just excitement and fun. Yeah, just like lie around on each other all day long yeah. and, and talk about everything. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that I noticed are they have challenges and I'm using air bunnies when I say challenges because the challenges There's don't... No- they don't mean anything. There's no consequence to the challenge. No, there's no there's no reward. It's not it's literally to do one of a few things. They're meant to stimulate bonding. Mm-hmm. So when you do this adventurous thing or when you win a challenge, when you try hard and you win, it bonds these two people. Even if the coupling isn't quite right, it can stimulate sexual tension. Sure. Between couples. Because a number of the challenges are have a, a like an overtly sexual tone. Oh to yeah, them. you're usually there's a lot of contact and you're usually making out at the end. Yeah. That's usually Yeah, there's always how, kissing. How, how the how the timer stops. Hmm. It's used to stimulate jealousy between people that maybe aren't coupled up and want to be coupled up. Yeah. It plays on people's weak points. Yeah, it's it's just to mix things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's really not meant for for anything they're not there's no purpose to them it's just it's all for the drama mm-hmm. that's that's what it's for and it causes drama and i want to i wanted to sort of contrast this show from some of the other reality shows that we've watched like 90 day like the ultimatum that was another one that was particularly heinous yeah. social experiment yeah. where the ultimatum is you know one side of a couple has issued an ultimatum mostly of marriage to yeah. the other one and it pushes their relationship to the breaking point ultimatums don't work oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) they don't work most of the time except that vanessa lachey who is her and her husband nick co-host the show yeah and she stands there and tells her yeah i basically gave nick an ultimatum and it worked for me so here we are so we go enjoy hot off the success of love is blind yeah they, (laughs) they came out with the ultimatum yeah but do they like i mean they work in a way that it really shows you what you want and what you don't want. If somebody issued me an ultimatum, I'd be like, well, I guess I got to make this decision about it what it almost gonna... seems like blackmail, though. You oh, know it what really I mean? is. Like well, emotional blackmail. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, do this or I'm gone. And it's like, okay, yeah. what it, it just it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like a very loving. No. Endeavor. Marry me. Or I'm gone kind of thing. Right. Like you have this long to do this. Do and you then, really and then, win if they marry you? Yeah. No. It's kind of like, yeah, it's like, hey, Vanessa, not the flex you think it is. Right. <laughs> like, okay. And so what what they do in the ultimatum is that they spend two weeks with a, a new partner mm-hmm. and then kind of make their decision after that. And then, of course, we go back to they're experiencing NRE with that person and they may not realize what that is. And they think, Oh, like this is the bomb. This is the person I'm supposed to be with. And it just causes all of these, all of these problems. It's with the ultimatum, especially, I think that's why it kind of rubbed us the wrong way when we watched it, because it was kind of like somebody who understands this, some psychologist or some big brain was like, here's how we can manipulate these people. (laughs) Using this characteristic of human psychology, yes, and to great effect. Oh yeah, like it's it is so awful to watch <laughs> the brilliance of mm-hmm. of these. It's like an evil genius. It is right where it's like, okay, well, let's you know, going back to Love Island, where it's like, let's send in some new Islanders that are 
exact avatars of the person they're with right now yeah and see what they do right yeah and you go oh my god what are they gonna what are they gonna do it's crazy this show at a number of turns surprised me with with the curveballs they threw out this is not a review of the show we're not gonna unpack it but like what were a couple of things that that yeah no yeah yeah we ended up with Six episodes of looking back on Sex in the City, uh, and we're not doing that 31 more times. No, no. we ain't doing that. Things like when, when Casa Amor, and I should say this at the beginning, this is the first season of Love Island that we've ever watched, but this is like the fourth season of the well, show. Well, it was originally a British show. Okay. So that's why they call it Love Island USA. Right, because- but there's been four seasons of Love Island USA, because what we're watching is the fourth season. But because it, it uh, aired on Peacock this year. Okay. Oh, we have we only on have Cock two. this year. So we only have one season or two seasons? Two, season? there's two, two seasons. seasons, yeah. yeah. So yeah. when they went to the Casa Amor thing, which is this big mid-season twist that they do where they divide out the, the the men and the women and put them in different locations and then introduce a new group of the opposite sex there what was really interesting when they did that for the boys when they shepherd them off to casa more is the women that they brought in surface level looked a lot like the women that they were partnered with yes but the big difference was the women that they brought in looked like they had had less work done on them yeah you you mentioned that i don't think i would have noticed that on my own but and this is like thing. if you take a look at the redhead they brought in a redhead to kind of, yeah. kind of tempt the guy that was with a redhead and and you look at the two of them side by side and one has a, looks like has a lot of lip filler maybe had a bit of face work done mm-hmm. that kind of stuff and then the other redhead didn't look like she had had any of that stuff done. yeah you know that was i think that was a really astute observation that and and i was a little bit stunned and i want to preface this by saying no shade People can do whatever they want to their bodies. Do whatever you want to your face, to your mm. tits, to your ass, whatever you want to do. Up to you. But it did seem like a lot of the women in the original, the original six, yeah. I think, had, had, and not all of them. No, but there were but a lot like, of boob they jobs. Had, they had their boobs done. They mm-hmm. had their lips done. It looked like, I, I think it was just a couple of them. But yes, their avatars in Casa Amor didn't have obvious no they didn't look done. like there were boob jobs in there and, no and, and it became a, a tension point later on in the season it, it about did. the natural beauty right? yeah i don't like i say i don't want to get too much into into but that's why it was specifics. brilliant because it was like all right we know that they like this person what if we put somebody that's just like them but we change this characteristic it's like they went into the sims and made yeah. a new avatar but like dialed down one part right. of it and then we're like okay <laughs> now wh- try that now is this bait like will this work for you but i think i thought that was also really interesting because that is when you notice that is when you see how big a part personality mm-hmm. and chemistry mm-hmm. plays in these couplings everybody's beautiful that's mm-hmm. the thing like i would like to i mean <laughs> yeah work done or not they're all beautiful my good friend bob who we got to have him on the show one day. He's just, mm-hmm. he's, he's an incredible human being. RHB. Bob, I know you're listening. We love you dearly. <laughs> he was like, why is there no ugly people? Why are there no unattractive people? And I'm like, nobody's going to watch that. They only want to no, watch that, beautiful people. That's called going to the grocery store. <laughs> that's called the high school reunion. Right. That's, there are Instagram and Facebook accounts yeah. about how average people are in the real yeah, world. Yeah, no, we don't, no one wants to see that. <laughs> But that's a good po- it's a good point. But I think when you have every when everybody is attractive, right? How do you differentiate? Well, you differentiate because of chemistry and mm-hmm. because of personality and when you are forced to talk to each other all day long, mm. 
you start to notice some of these people, no matter how attractive they are, you, you start to go, oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. And the hubris that people come in with. Yeah. And I know that's part of the, oh, I'm here to fuck shit up. And yeah. I'm here to take your man. And, and it's like, dude, you can't put a sentence together. Yeah. That I think is really interesting because obviously we have a very visually driven society more and more and more and it's funny because we're so aware of it and yet it's still being perpetuated and it's just getting worse and worse and worse however there is literally nothing for these people to do all day except lie around and talk to each other and you can see people kind of like like get me out of here and and i think (laughs) you know that's about as close as it gets to reality because in reality, relationships are good ones, are a lot less drama and a lot more talking. Yeah. Right? Nobody mm-hmm. wants to hear that part. No. Nobody wants to know how much, like, we talk so much, we have a podcast for our extra talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because you can't do ENM, eth- ethical non monogamy, consensual non, whatever you want to call it, without having good communication. Otherwise, it's no. just going it, to, you can do it for a while. But there's going to be problems if you can't communicate. Honestly, I don't think you can do monogamy without communication either. Well, I think a lot of people would do monogamy better if they communicated better. Yeah. Yeah. What does monogamy mean to you? What's cheating to you? Like, we look at, we see this all the time. It's like, liking pictures of other people is cheating. Yeah. Is it? And and actually, I don't know if, and stop me if I'm jumping ahead here, (laughs) but there are a few people in this show that are very good about talking about their feelings and communicating and... This was another astute, very astute observation you made. And I realized that we were baked at the time. I know, but this is a hot take, I swear. (laughs) I swear, because we we researched this and cannot find... Well, I didn't... Yes, we did. You... Okay, so so there's two Islanders that are a little bit older than everybody Mm -hmm. else. Most people are between the ages of 21 and 25. Yeah, they all have to be old enough to drink. Right. So they got to be at least 21. These two are 28 and 29, respectively, I think. Which is old Old by comparison in in the Uh, house. The female in the couple is the only foreigner. She's from London. She's, yeah, she's British and a nanny. And a nanny. And the two of them coupled up from the beginning. They did have one challenge where he ends up r- coupled up with someone else for a bit. And so does she. But oh, then kick ab- rocks. Kick rocks. You're a joker, Timmy. <laughs> You're a joker. That's my London accent. That's as far as I'm going with that. But then after that, there was never a threat to their relationship no, ever again. they were solid. None of the new guys came in and was like, I'm going after this chick. None of the women were like, I'm going after this guy. And they just weren't having it. And it seems like every time there's a conversation to be had about feelings, one of the two of them is involved with the other person. Zita is the go-to for all the women. And it seems like Timmy is like the bro advice guy for all the dudes. And she knows exactly what to say. She's very comforting. She's wonderful. Her EQ is super high. Super high. And what did you say to me one night? I said that she's a plant. You said both of them are plants. Well, I said specifically she's a plant, but that I also thought if I'm going to carry it to its logical conclusion, he also was a plant. <laughs> but I swear to God, like it would not surprise me if it came out later that it turns out that she's a psychologist or something like yeah. that. Like they have in-house 
psychologist doctor nanny yeah right <laughs> she's a nanny is like uh, okay well she must be good with with feelings and stuff because she's a nanny right to right. kind of disguise the fact that she just seemed really fucking switched on about relationships and all this kind of stuff yes and you could see and again this could just be clever editing but you could see her conversations directly influencing the plot line yes. of a particular episode or relationship yeah, or yeah. what it is and and I maintain that Zeta for sure Timmy. Yeah, but I'm not so sure on on Timmy, but Zeta for sure is not, she is not a contestant (laughs) the way the rest of them are contestants. If any of the producers are out there and want to, I mean, you probably don't want to tell us, but you probably signed an NDA or some shit like that. But the more we watched it, it's like you can't unsee it. She, She is like, they're in the most stable coupling and they seem to teach the other islanders how to talk about their feelings and how to pick those things apart and you know that because her british lingo shows up in the way they communicate yeah they start to pick up her lingo which i mean it is kind of cool and and when you have new when you have new ways of saying things it's like do you think he's over there cracking on with someone else it, it is cool, but it's also a subconscious sign of admiration mm. and respect that you emulate right. well, somebody like that. So if we're if mimics, you, but if, yeah. Exactly. If you imagine that she is like the mother figure in there. Right. And people love her and want her approval and yeah. praise, if you ingratiate yourself by imitating, yes, yeah. You you can get like this is all part of that primate yep. interaction yes. that is hardwired in our brains that we don't even we don't even do it on a conscious that's level. how we bond yeah yeah so again uh, this is yeah i think so and you know what whether or not it's true it's still entertaining but if if my guess is right yeah fucking brilliant it's producing br- it's brilliant brilliant but, and i also think you know there's a lot written about how damaging these shows can be to people's yes. mental health and i'm going to talk about that a little bit later because there are some kind of tragic consequences to some of these shows But if there is someone, even if she is a plant, teaching these young men Mm -hmm. and young women how to articulate their feelings and how to have the difficult conversations, there's a lot of like, hey, can I pull you for a chat? Can we go chat? Can we go chat? Mm -hmm. And I think, I really think that there is a rule on the island that if someone asks you to go talk, you have have to to say yes. Never in the entire show heard somebody say, no, I don't really want to talk to you. Yeah. They always have to, I think that's a rule where they say you always have to say yes and go and have that conversation. And I think... It certainly makes for more compelling television when there's going to be, you know it's going to be an awkward conversation. No, absolutely. But I think that is something that takes practice. And when you and I talk about our relationship, I know that we've said in other episodes that learning how to have the difficult conversations, the uncomfortable conversations... It's not just between you and I. You learn how to have difficult conversations with everyone yeah, in your life, yeah. if that's what comes up. Yeah. And so for these people to be learning that in their early 20s, I think is a really important thing. You know, they have something on the show. Every once in a while, they'll do a recoupling where either, and I think they switch back and forth. Sometimes the women get to choose who they're going to couple up with, and sometimes the men it, it get just, to choose. It depends on who has the higher number because there's always there are all these cases oh, where right. there's more men or more women right so if there's more men then the women get to yeah. choose and that then means there's always going to be out. one person that's going to sure. go home right and i think that's the part i mean that causes a lot of stress obviously mm-hmm. for the for them and it causes a lot of stress for me because i mean i have a lot of empathy for people that i don't know there's a <laughs> 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 i have a lot of empathy
empathy for my parasocial relationships. And that's the other thing too, I think, you know, as an observer, when you're watching, I mean, I know we're not watching it in real time, we're watching it on a streaming service, but if you are watching it on a network and watching it six nights a week, and you're on the app and you're yeah, interacting like you're, and you voting are, you and doing stuff. You are incredibly stuff. emotionally you invested, invested in these people, yeah. which is a little bit fucked up. But I know what it feels like to wait to get chosen, mm-hmm. to see if you're going to be chosen. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. Mm-hmm. That really sucks mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. be like, I don't know. Like, are they going to? And I think we used to see a lot of um, YouTube videos about this, about, you know, how women, women always have women. Women. <laughs> <laughs> Really enjoying... Fuck you, Andrew Tate. Really enjoying the social media space sans Andrew Tate. Like, <laughs> fuck that guy. But that real life strategy of women always have somebody on the back burner. Women always have someone that they can monkey branch to if shit goes mm-hmm. south. Monkey branching. Yes. And I think a lot of people do that. They have someone in mind, whether that other person knows or not. Sometimes you see the strategies a lot clearer on these shows because you're watching everything you're seeing every conversation and i think it really shows that people need to be really confident in who they are Mm -hmm. and what they want and really thinking about what choice they're going to make not standing there just waiting to get chosen and you can see it like the boys get chosen and the girls get chosen yep and they talk about how that uncertainty causes so much stress with the contestants Mm -hmm. but I would argue, based on the evidence that we've, and the research that we've looked at over the last few years, that uncertainty also adds to the desire. It's a trauma bond. I don't know if it's a trauma bond, but that uncertainty, it's like, it's part of that new energy, new relationship energy where, you know, it's like, are they just going to disappear one day? You're not sure about the relationship yet. So that uncertainty causes that like, like everything's so hot and heavy and so crazy because part of it is that uncertainty. They could be taken away at any moment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, also like on Saturday nights when we're like super emotional and like thinking about what's going to happen when the other person dies. What what the fuck was that about? Thank you, Thor, Love and Thunder. (laughs) Great, great movie. Yeah, great Absolutely great movie. But yeah, we were spending most of it just being like, oh my God, like that's, you said to me, you're like, that's going to be one of us one day. (laughs) I'm like, why would you say that? Now I got to think about that. I know you were so upset. I was. I was really pressed last night. But you were, re- I mean, it was really like morbid, but it was always also really sweet what you said. You were like, I want you to die first. And at first that sounds like, oh, wow, thanks. You were like, because I don't, I never want you to feel the pain of being on your own without me. Yeah. It's just like, ah, like we were both, oh my God. We just, were crying harder than the screaming goats. We, <laughs> Oh my God. So yeah, so that uncertainty causes a lot of stress, but it also fuels the desire. What also fuels the desire is there's a lot of jealousy that pops up, right? Because you always have new people that are showing interest in the person that you're coupled up with. Your position is never secure because they're always throwing curveballs at it. Yeah, not, not in that situation, but you know, with our relationship and because we have, we do all the talking and we've, experienced a lot of things that's just a given is Mm -hmm. other people showing interest Mm -hmm. in our partners and when you have the kind of relationship that we have that doesn't feel so threatening that's exciting Mm -hmm. that drives desire too what goes beyond just the bond staying exciting it when you it's a tricky one to articulate but when you 
pull through something like that. Mm -hmm. The first time you encounter, whether it's a monogamous or non-monogamous relationship, but the first time you encounter genuine desire for someone else outside of your primary relationship Mm -hmm. and you navigate through that, hopefully Mm -hmm. successfully, Mm -hmm. you come out of it different on the other side. Yes. Right? And I think these are pseudo monogamous relationships yeah on you know in on love island yeah and when there is that you know they put a temptation out there in the form of castle more or whatever and then you navigate it and you come back you feel because you quote succeeded that or passed the test mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now all of a sudden whether it's true or not you think your relationship is stronger and more resilient because you were able to pass a test. I think that is true, though. And you hear them, they keep using, the, the, they would use this term battle-tested. Yeah. Battle-tested, battle-tested. And... Zeta gave that to them. As painful as trials are for your relationship, and you think at the time you're never going to get through it. And yeah, that's something that, you know, our psychology plant will say to them. Uh-huh. It's hard now but you will get past it. You will move through it. Just talk to them. And, you know, the encouragement of let's talk about it. Don't just shut down. And I think I mentioned to you, I was stunned at how young these people are and yet how guarded they are already. Uh-huh. And obviously, I mean, I have children in my tw- in their 20s, but I don't know the experience of dating in the digital age from teen right yeah yeah it's a, it must be a very very different way than it's very difficult how we grew up so then by the time you you arrive in your early 20s you're like nope i'll put my hand in your chest like don't come any closer please i'm i'm i've already been hurt enough and that really made me sad too to think that you know these people in their in their early 20s are so guarded already and so <sighs> resistant to being vulnerable and to being emotional and to sharing how they really feel about someone and the irony is that if you don't it's almost guaranteed you're going to lose that person to someone else who is going to be more open who is more emotionally intelligent who is willing to vocalize how they feel about you and and express how they feel about you right and yet it doesn't matter how hmm, guarded they are yeah they all all just want to be loved and to be somebody's person yes and to be in contact you see this a lot this Mm -hmm. physical contact Mm. and i mean the producers shepherd this along by by having them sleep in the same bed once they're coupled up yes that's right all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but it's a very it's a very primate non-human primate focused model of they could be it could be something that I've studied in, yes. in the field. You yes, know they I mean? could be spider monkeys. You, you, they could be where where they're they're using physical contact to create social bonds, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and they're doing this in this microcosm of this beautiful villa. But it might as well be an enclosure at a zoo. For, yeah, <laughs> for, for all what, intents and purposes. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and that I I it's very bittersweet what you said that that's all anybody wants mm-hmm. is to be loved mm-hmm. for who they are. For all of their flaws and imperfections. Sorry, I just mm-hmm. <laughs> lapsed in the song there. And they just want their person. Yeah. They just want their person. Yeah. And so you brought up emotions. So I'm just going to, I want to talk about this for a minute. And then I want to move into something else that I didn't really expect some of the other relationships. So the psychology of crying. <laughs> Almost everybody cries on this show. Yes. Male and female. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've seen some wet eyes on the dudes as well. Yeah. Yep. 
And I know there's a bar that's been left on the floor, but I'm proud of them for that. And I'm mm-hmm. proud of them for showing that. So it's kind of twofold, the psychology of crying. And you, you, you'll you see it with these people because they are spending 24-7 together, just yeah. like in couples and as groups. Mm-hmm. And so you do bond. You do bond very... You bond through this unique experience yep. that you're all going through. So... The crying is very is therapeutic. Number mm-hmm. one, it's cathartic. Uh, yes, and there's proteins that are released when you cry. It's not the same as when you're chopping an onion, but <laughs> that sort of it's almost like a little emotional reset button, right? But then it also signals a need for support, right? And it doesn't matter. I mean, because there's cameras everywhere, sometimes somebody will slip off to go and cry alone mm-hmm. somewhere, and they always get found. Yes by the other islanders. Yeah. And there's and I I and this is why I wanted to talk about the female relationships uh-huh. and then the male relationships. Yep. And what you notice is that they're very supportive of each other. Mm-hmm. Nobody cries alone for long. Mm-mm. Right? Doesn't matter. And it's really interesting you talk about you keep talking about like kind of primate behavior and you see that with the men. Like they're very like ooh ooh ooh, yep. ooh, ooh. like they they pump each other up. Yep. They they comfort each other. They help each other. They go, yeah, man, it's hard. Yeah, you got it. You know, you got to be a good man. You got to. It reminds me when you talk about like the men pumping each other up. Yeah. The reason I wanted to study primates. Yeah. I was in Honduras back, jeez, uh, it was in early 2000, like the year 2000. And I was in a mangrove swamp with my prof on a field course mm-hmm. and there were these white-faced capuchin monkeys marcel oh, from, yeah, from yeah, friends yeah. right yeah. that type of monkey and because they ha- look like cappuccinos yeah they look like a, and also the capuchin monks who right. also had that thing there right? Right, right right and so do they need the coffee for the i think they capuchin- named the coffee after the monks yeah because they look like the heads the, of the monks little, little bald spot yeah <laughs> okay anyway yeah, sorry. like friar tuck <laughs> what we noticed was that there were there was all this activity right above us and when we took a closer look at what that activity was, and it was like branch shaking and things being lobbed down at us <laughs> and that kind of stuff, it was all the males in the group creating a distraction so that the females and the juveniles could get away because oh, we were a threat. Wow. I mean, we weren't, but but we were right. something you big were and scary. As a threat. They didn't have any contact. This wasn't a, a habituated group. Right. They weren't used to the presence of people. And so we're wow. big and strange. And you see that, I mean, to a lesser extent, you don't see like the women running away in, in the show, but you, but that, that way that the males come together, right, right on huh. the show as to pump each other up and to be support and stuff. Yeah. And what can happen when they're overstimulated, what we saw with these primates, and I would see it with my, with my spider monkeys, is that when the males were in the middle of this and their, you know, their adrenaline was going mm-hmm, and whatever, mm-hmm. they would embrace each other and hold on to each other and and to, to support each other mm-hmm. that, you know, like, we can do this together. We're a team. Like, mm-hmm, we've got mm-hmm. this. And and I remember realizing that that's what was going on and going, okay, yeah, this is cool. I, I want to I learn more about this. Mm. And that ultimately led me to go on and do my master's in that subject and, and continue on and get a PhD and stuff like that. Yeah. So, but you see it. I mean, we're just non-human. I mean, I study non human primates we're just human primates right right there's a reason why we're organized this way in a taxonomic or phylogenetic tree because there is this evolutionary heritage that we share and these characteristics go back to our earliest non-human primate ancestors because we see it across all the different branches of you know old world new world primates great apes all that all the way up 
to our closest relatives, the the chimpanzees and the bonobos. Right. right. Well, and this is, you know, the bonding behaviors, the social bonding behaviors between the men and the women. So the men are all like, you got this, you got this, you can, you can do this, man, you got this. And that's even when, even in the quiet moments is, bro, you got this, it's good. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, it's hard, bro. Like it's, it's hard, bro. It's hard, bro. And they're like, I don't know how to act, And bro. it's like, I don't know how to act. And it's like, yeah, it is hard, but you got to be a good man. You just got to keep going. You got, and then with the women, they, I mean, obviously, yes, they encourage each other. They give each other advice, but then they also, I see this a lot, even with women that may have been sort of at odds with each other mm-hmm. at different points, they groom each other. They do each other's hair. Yep. They share clothing. Mm-hmm. They right like they Mm -hmm. help get each other ready Mm -hmm. it's really interesting to watch those kinds of relationships build because i think over social media and behind keyboards and things there's a lot of shit that gets thrown around and it's really interesting to see when you take all that away and cut them off Mm -hmm. what do they what what do they fall back on what do they fall back to their biological programming yes yeah and zeta will do stuff in those and this is one another reason why i think that she's a plant she'll do these things where if there's if, if one of the women is expressing doubt in the relationship mm-hmm. she's like, oh no he's he's literally obsessed with you right she steers it back mm-hmm. you know somebody might be wavering and they're like oh this 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 is testing really well with the audiences so we need to make sure that this particular couple right. keeps going zeta you need to go in there and, and work yeah. it around and she's like all right i got this and then she you know i mean this is all hypothetical i don't know but it just looks <laughs> we have that no way. Proof. No, this is just, just this is just our our suspicions. <laughs> but this is the thing too is that though Zeta and Timmy are like moles for the other side. Yes, like they can pass information. Timmy will say, yeah. "Zeta's told me that like this girl really really likes you." And yes, she because talks the women have you. like the dressing room where they spend a lot of time. Yes. It's about the only spot that the women are generally private. Right, and yeah, Timmy's getting that inside track on what's being said in the dressing room. Right, and Zeta says the same thing. You know, Timmy has told me that this is this is what is being said, and blah blah. blah. So they're they're passing information back and forth and massaging mm-hmm. through bumps in people's relationships and things like that. I want to talk about some of the mental health challenges and Mm. some of the issues with these shows and with Love Island in particular. There have been two deaths of former contestants and a former host, Carolyn Flack, by suicide. On Love Island? Yes. Serious? Yes. Obviously, we haven't seen these seasons. Yeah, the seasons that Um, this is related to. No, and... Yeah, there is no host in the show. There is. It's the chick from Modern Family. Sarah Highland. Oh, Sarah Highland shows up. That's right. We haven't seen her. We haven't seen her in a while. I hope she's okay. (laughs) And so there's a few things. They are all beautiful people, but just like a lot of attractive people, they're very insecure. Yes, and because we see them when they first wake up in the morning, they don't all look like they do at the nighttime parties. No, and I honestly, I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters if you're naturally good looking. Or if you're made up good looking, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're insecure. I think they're insecure because they're young mm-hmm. and because they are beautiful people. So they are used to people, you know, commenting on their looks and 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 only liking them for that. They all have beautiful bodies. Mm-hmm. They really do. Yeah, all of that, um, that pretty much is a given. But the abuse that they get on social media oh, I can after, after the show's I over, can they just imagine. They, can you imagine like everything that people have been writing about them for six weeks and then just getting hit by that wall mm-hmm. of everybody just 
saying whatever the fuck they want. There's one challenge that, and, and this, is, this is when you start to go, okay, I don't like this. There was one challenge called the face it challenge. And they yeah. sit all the couples down and they confront them with some of the meanest tweets. It's like a much less funny mean tweet from Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, it's not funny at all. <laughs> and it, it really causes a lot of upset and mm-hmm. stress and strain because on one hand, you want to go, fuck these people like they don't fucking know us but on but then on the back end is like yeah but they're seeing things that we're not seeing so what are they seeing that i'm not yeah. seeing and it starts to cast doubt in themselves in their relationships and it causes a lot of shit and it's just like i can't even imagine what that feels like like i you know i've dealt with internet trolls to a far lesser extent and it can be exhausting and it can ruin your yeah and then and finally i'm just like i'm fucking out like i just stopped responding <laughs> to people but these parasocial relationships part of the issue with them being parasocial is that there's no consequences for people saying shitty things right about these people that they think they know and they don't it's a very one-sided relationship yes yeah and and the parts of the the characters of these people that they're showing you on the show is only what they choose to show yeah, you. Yeah, we don't know how the editing... I mean, as much as it's edited to look like it's completely sequential and natural, it's we not. Don't, it's not. There's no way for us to know that. No, exactly. And so there are certain couples where you're like, I, I don't get them. Like, I don't understand why... But we don't see or hear all the conversations that they're having. Mm-hmm. We don't really know about huge swaths of their personality um and so people really need to be mindful and and i think it's easy to look at these people as sims and just not real people but these are real people with real feelings and their whatever their motivations are for being on these shows you know the the one the one that fucking drives me nuts you know, she's very clear and brazen about the fact that I'm just here for the experience. I'm just here because I want to be on TV and yeah. I'm just, I'll am do, I'll throw myself at whoever I need to just, just to stay, here, stay here till the end. And yeah. I'm just trying to make the, the finale and whatever. She makes that very clear. And it's funny how quickly we get turned off by that, where it's yeah, like, you go, you're not here for the right reasons. <laughs> it's like, it's a reality show yeah, relax. about beautiful people, like, <laughs> like. You hooking to, up basically. you need to have a heel to cause you drama. do have to have a heel yes right? you need a female and a male heel like yeah. you need that but i i think it's a, a really interesting experiment social experiment to see what these accelerated relationships look like you know this episode was basically your idea mm-hmm. like you wanted to do this episode what kind of what kind of comparisons did you want to make you know kind of looking at it as a whole to real relationships or to our relationship. You said that there was a conversation that we had recently that you wanted to expand on a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, we've talked we've talked a lot about that over the episode so far, talking about how the NRE part of it, mm-hmm. the type of relationships that people are trying to craft, the what is ultimately at the core of all of these people and just wanting to be with somebody else and to be loved and wanted and needed mm-hmm. the the insecurity and how they deal with that and i think this sort of beautiful veneer that makes these people look like they're completely untouchable mm-hmm. and then you just scratch that surface a little bit and whether it's you know somebody who is 
objectively, subjectively gorgeous, like the Courtney character that was Mm -hmm. on the show, Mm -hmm. right? Beautiful woman. And yet it comes through in the show, these insecurities that Mm -hmm. that are there, Mm -hmm. that, that all the work, cosmetic or otherwise, that she's done is to mask these deep insecurities that we all have. Everybody carries them. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of whatever the motivation is, it's still brave to put yourself out there oh, yeah. and, and to be like that. And there's one of the male characters on one of the one of the final few episodes. It's this big dude. He's he would look at home as, you know, like a linebacker in a, on a football team, like in the locker room. Uh, kind probably of stuff. a running back. Or a running back. back. Yeah. 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 But he's this big dude and he, he fucking lays his heart out yeah. and gets rejected. And he doesn't get blustery and, and defensive and mean. And he just sits there and he's like, I don't know how to act now. Like I'm hurt, but I don't know. I still love this woman. Oh but God, I'm tearing up right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you're just like, Fuck, right? know, and and to look at this guy, if you mm-hmm. were to come across him on the street, mm-hmm. he's he's got bravado and confidence. He's good looking. He's a big fucking dude, he's got right? A great body. Yeah, like he's, he's got, got soft spoken voice. Yeah, like he's, he's got all these advantages, mm-hmm. and yet, despite all of that, he mm-hmm. feels the same yeah. that we all do. Yeah, and obviously they create this false tension on the show because Mm -hmm. it has to be a monogamous relationship. Mm -hmm. You have to be with this person or not with this person. There's no gray area in between that. Like they touched on it. There was one relationship where they sort of touched on it where they're like, I get that you want to explore with other people. I'm going to explore with other people, but we can always come back around this sure. except the guy was like all right cool and then fucking dumps her and, right. and picks yeah. and picks somebody else yeah, yeah but that was the closest we got to like yeah we don't have to tie ourselves down mm-hmm. on this like go explore have fun and whatever but know that just we've got don't this be home. shitty about yeah, it yeah just don't be shitty about it right yeah, and yeah. and so it's yeah if 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 everybody was ethically non-monogamous this show would have a very different vibe probably be on a different channel too but no i think i think yeah, I mean, they, they've they had reality shows like that, too. The UK always has, like, every fucking... You guys have the some of the weirdest... <laughs> weirdest what's, shows. What's that one that we've been watching and you can only find it on YouTube? Because it's, it's on a... It's oh, on a, it's on Naked a, like, Attraction. Naked Attraction. Okay. Thank, thank you, Dr. Murray, Dr. Murray, for that one. Dr. Murray. <laughs> oh, we're reviewing his book soon, by the way. Yes, Dr. Murray, quote-unquote, turned us on to, to that... <laughs> To that show where the idea is basically you have <laughs> and they only have a gender binary. So so it's a male or a female person who wants to find love. And so they present them with four or five, six, six uh, opposite sex. No, actually, sometimes no, same sometimes sex. Sometimes they're sometimes same, same sex. sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People and they they're naked in these little pods. Yep. And they reveal them bit by bit. Yep. So they start with their genitals, their genitals, and yep. then work up to more of their body, then to their face, and then eventually they hear their voice, and then so they get whittled down to two. Yep. And then the person who did all the picking then has to get naked for them. Right. And then they choose one. They choose one based on naked attraction alone, and, and then it never works. And out. it rarely <laughs> works out. They get dressed and go on a date, and it's like. Meh. Meanwhile, we just get to see a lot of naked people for forty-five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I don't so, know why we started talking about uh, that. Well, because the UK has wild oh, reality shows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shows. The wild shows, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. really wild shows. So, yeah. And I think I think going forward, I think there's a couple of good things for people to remember that when you're young, you need to find out 
you need to you need to talk to other people. You need to find out who your person is, what you like, what you don't like, mm-hmm. instead of just finding someone, anyone to lock yourself down with yeah. so that you can say, see, I found my person, and then force that square peg into a round hole just so that you can have this relationship, and then you wonder why it blows up in your face. Mm-hmm. We need to acknowledge that we're always going to find other people attractive. And I think just acknowledging that between you and I, just the ability to say, I would fuck the shit out of that person. <laughs> and the other one goes, oh, yeah, you would. Yeah, yeah. they are right up your alley. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> I see that. And not take that as any kind of a threat at all. And it could be someone on TV. It could be someone on the street. It doesn't matter. Someone that you're in contact with. Yeah. But because we have this kind of relationship, it doesn't mean that you're going to. Yeah. But you could. If that situation comes up. You acknowledge that it's a possibility. It's a possibility. And then if it becomes a real possibility, then there's another discussion. Right. And the the more people learn that the more they talk about their fears with respect to their relationships, the less scary it is. Yeah, the less power that fear has over you. Yes. And when you and trust is not so much about that they're they're never going to look at somebody else, they're never going to desire somebody else, they're never going to talk to somebody else. The trust comes from these are the relationship boundaries that we've established. I will not violate those boundaries. But if we want to change them, there will be a discussion. I think mm-hmm. for me, my trust in you has to do with the fact that you will not violate the parameters of our relationship. Yeah. If there's something that you think would like to be changed, or if I think that, then we have a discussion about that. Yeah. About Everything's what, on the table. What, what, how can we change this? How can we evolve this relationship so that everybody feels safe, but at the same time feels heard and validated and we try to accommodate what the other one wants. Yeah. And you try that and you go, yep, that's not for us. And But instead of sitting there looking at what we think is greener grass, mm-hmm. the grass is greener where you water it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really important lesson for people to learn when they're young. That, you know, you got to let people do what they want to do, so, like what they're going to do so you see what they want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want somebody to feel like they have to be with me no no and and i think talking about being chosen when you are in a relationship that is right for both people you wake up and choose each other every day not because of emotional blackmail not because of everything that you know not because of history not because of sunk cost fallacy any of those things but because you want to be with that person every day because that is your person Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you're not going to feel desire or attraction to somebody else what you do about that is where the real parts of your relationship and the real dynamic of your relationship comes into play right Mm -hmm. so yeah do you have anything else to say as we wrap this up no 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 i I like i like your approach to this actually this is why this is one of the reasons why I love doing the podcast with you is because <laughs> I like that we can have these conversations when we're watching the show, but we can kind of pull it apart a little bit deeper when we've had a chance to reflect on it. Right. And, and, and cement it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully it helps other people, any of our brave ones out there who are struggling with with these kinds of relationships and trying to think about what to do and yeah. how to handle certain things. I mean... It's really important that you talk about stuff. I know it's really, really hard. It sucks. Guys, I'm telling you, some of the conversations that B and I have had have been exhausting and not in the way you think. Just 
emotionally draining and ugh. But as hard as they have been, are you enjoying that pineapple? Yes. Are you going to tell on me? Well, are you going to tell on I'm me sure what I'm doing gonna, over It's here? showing up in the mic here. <laughs> <laughs> Bee's got, <laughs> my kids have a little pineapple poppet. Anybody who has kids knows what a poppet is. And it's basically like unlimited bubble wrap. It's permanent bubble wrap. Yeah, yeah. You just keep flipping it over. I'm sorry. I didn't know these things existed. Yeah. And yeah, you were today years old when you found one under the pillow there. I was like, what is this? <laughs> it's a fidget toy. And I never, I don't really think of myself as a fidgeter, but I'm really enjoying it. You can take it for the car, right? It's okay. I have to drive myself. Yeah, but you don't need two hands to drive all the time, do you? Stop. I'm just no. kidding. Anyways, the point, the point, the point I was making was that we've had some horrible conversations. These conversations have been some of the most difficult I've ever had to have with somebody else. Ugh. And as hard as the hardest one has ever been, what comes as a result of that and what comes after that mm-hmm. makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. Like the freezer was awful in so many ways mm-hmm. i mean it came from love but going through it sucked yeah but the relationship after it unlike unlike anything better. else yeah. yeah 100 times better yeah yeah and sometimes you need to you need to take a step back and you need to reassess and yeah. and look at what you're choosing and why but we just want everybody to be in love. That's what we want. Yeah. We just want we everybody just to love. find their person. We love yeah. love. Yeah. See, you know, and you think I hate love. I don't. I love love. I want everybody <laughs> to have it. <laughs> that's that's our only goal. That's it. More love for everyone. <laughs> Thank you, B. Thank you, Dante. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye.